0: Hey, guys, this is Bill Manning and Stephen Wallace with Studio C41. We just wanted to reach out to you guys and let you know, hey, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all those outlets on Uh, the YouTubes. So it helps us out and,
1: uh, you know, spread the word. Uh, Yeah. Rate us on iTunes. Subscribe on there. You know, uh, share it with your friends, your enemies, whoever you want. And go out and shoot some film. Dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, can
2: I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey
0: everybody, this is Studio C41, and I'm Bill Manning. I am here with Steven. Hey Bill. How's it going, man? It's going well, dude. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, physically not here, but on Skype, uh, we have Robert Ham and Andre Dominguez with Ham Camera. How's it going, guys?
2: Hey, what's up? How's it going?
0: So, um, as we had posted in the news, uh, the box is back. And uh, Andre, <laughs> you reached out to me um, about uh, doing a little spot and talking to you guys. And I thought it was actually an awesome idea um, because. When I saw this come up, I was like, oh man, I'm really excited about this because we haven't really seen a a box camera introduced as of recently on Kickstarter. And um, and so I saw the email and we were at uh, Imaging USA and I said, okay, I'm going to get back to these guys. And then by the time that I got to around to like reading all my emails and everything steven sent me a message and it was like dude they got funded already i was like what (laughs) it was insane
2: and we love that part of the story by the way
0: i can imagine yeah so we we were totally blown away as far as how quickly you guys got funded and and when we did the uh the broadcast and we'll 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 touch base on it here a little bit but when when you did the uh broadcast update on everybody i was like wow uh, you guys have it together, and I can see why it was so successful. So, um, Rob, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? How did you come up with this idea? And, uh, um, you know, what, what's uh, what's coming down the line with uh, the new Box 1?
2: Yeah, well, so people ask that question a lot, and it's hard to get a, a, a big tagline to answer that real shortly. But the, the quick answer is what brought the Box back was uh, the backers, but what actually spurred the idea was, uh, my grandmother, I was at her house, and I was looking through some old cameras. Of course, I'm a wedding photographer. I see box cameras. You know, whatever. I shoot Fuji. But I've got a film background from a long time ago in high school and everything. And I don't know, just looking at these little box cameras while grandmother and I were scanning film and looking at old photos and stuff like that, um, she tells me that there's a roll of film in there from her wedding with my grandfather. And He died before I was ever born, long before She asked me if I could develop it. And we're not going to talk about that. But when I picked up that little 127 AGFA and looked down through the viewfinder, I saw my grandmother in a bright way that I hadn't seen before. And I knew in that moment, I said, this is, um, this is like history. Why do, why isn't there this right now? This is how people, you know, chronicled their family history from box cameras. You know, that's how your grandparents got pictures of their grandparents. And so I thought to myself in that moment, I was like, wow. This, this has to happen. It's kind of almost divine inspiration in a way, you know, and then there we go. That's where we are. The box is back because of that.
1: <laughs> that's very, very cool. Um, I mean, yeah, we thanks. we're really quick to forget about it, but the box camera literally changed the world as far as the way people could document their lives and the people that matter to them. So that's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, I, uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So what I guess for anybody who's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, old box cameras out there floating around in the world you know you have uh i've got you know a couple of old brownies that people have given me over the years sitting on a shelf um and i've never tried to actually like shoot film in them although one of them is 120 uh so why what what's the deal for anybody who's just like hasn't checked it out who is just listening in why why a new brownie why something you know why not just you know pick up an old used one and shoot with that
2: Sure. I love that question. And uh, I know Andre does, too. I'm going to let him pick up the assist here in just a second uh, because I like hearing him talk about it. Does a good job. (laughs) But most importantly, um, the box camera is called the new box for a reason It's because it's a new box camera. I have had several emails from people uh, with responses that uh, question why you bring the bio. So all you did was copy a brownie. And the answer is no. The thing that might be similar is the fact that it's a box camera. They may even use a similar style of shutter because, well, that's the kind of shutter you put in this kind of a camera is a sure, rotary yeah. shutter. But everything we've done to it is new. That's why we call it the new box. And uh, I want Andre to talk about that, but I'd like to introduce him before he jumps into this. And I'd also like to tell you guys a, a little bit about our graphic designer. Ham Camera Company is managed by three people right now, just three and they're great people. And the first one that uh, brought this this whole thing together with me that was a piece to the puzzle of communication that I didn't really have figured out when this started was Andre, Andre Dominguez. And so a gra- undergrad student over at UNC, uh, just a really sharp guy, started chit-chatting, and I was really excited to have him on board. And he can tell you more about that some other time, but he's our public relations director, and he's coordinated a lot of these Appearances, and so without his just really commiserate help, we'd be we might not be sitting in the same boat. And so I'm really excited about that. So thank you, Andre. When I want to get that out there, and since we're continuing that introduction to the company, George Ham, he will probably never be on camera. He's he's my uncle. <laughs> uh, this guy is the uh, the person responsible for the design. Think about that. These iconic looks, the colors, uh, the the typography, the the layout, and everything. And so in a very short time, he's had to come up with all that stuff. And by trade, he's an architect that works specifically with um, the northeastern North North Carolina coastal cottage. Very niche, uh, which is pretty cool. And, uh, of course, in that line of work, he's developed corporate logo types and things like that uh, for other businesses. So it's pretty cool. So those are the three people that uh, get it together. Well, those two plus me. And you already know about me. So. Andre go ahead and pick that assist up on what makes new box new please
3: yeah absolutely Robin thank you so much for for that little bit of intro um one of the things <laughs> that I true, think man. makes the the new box you know so special is the fact that we've we've innovated on a bunch of things that were previously pain points with old box cameras I myself own several of them have fixed a bunch have subsequently broken a bunch more <laughs> and the the fact that for the majority of these, uh, even if they've you know retained fifty to seventy five percent of the the tension in the springs that are in the shutters, a lot of them have shutter speeds around one thirtieth of a second. Viewfinders that are pretty small and hard to to look through, even if you've cleaned them out.
1: Oh yeah, Most and of ones I've seen oftentimes really cloudy film and sizes, Canadian.
3: exactly oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And a bunch of times, you know, film sizes that are hard to, to get your hands on nowadays. There are some that, that do shoot 120 film, but a bunch more that shoot 620 that you'll have to respool spool uh, film onto. You also, one of the, the big features of the new box one uh, is that the fact that we're gonna be having interchangeable lens cartridges. So whereas all other box cameras in, in history have been one single focal length that you're you're stuck with uh, for better or for worse. The new box will allow you to switch between a standard field of view, a wide angle, and then eventually a telephoto, which we're working on as we speak.
1: Now, that's something that is really, really cool. And uh, I admit, I haven't like looked into too much as far as what you guys have put out there about how this whole lens system is going to work. But um, can you elaborate at all about, you know, is this attachments? Is it what what's going to... What's it going to look like?
2: So the sure way that the, the
3: lenses work is that they are part of the, the lens cartridge. If you think of it sort of uh, visually from the, the back of the camera, you have the back plate, the main lens cartridge, which holds the the supply of, of film as well as the take-up spool. And in that lens cartridge, you actually have the, the lens So when you want to switch lenses, you're actually going to be switching out that entire lens cartridge. What this means is that you're going to be choosing your field of view prior to loading the camera. So if you're going to be going out one day and doing landscapes, you'll put in the wide angle lens cartridge into the actual housing of the box, load up your film, shoot. On another day, if you want to do some shot with the field portraits, taking advantage of the f5.6 aperture on that six x nine negative, you'll load in the telephoto lens cartridge, load your film, close the box and go out and shoot some portraits. Interesting. Yeah, pretty okay.
1: exciting. So does the, uh, when you change out the lens cartridge, does it change out a viewfinder as well? So like you're seeing the different angle of view in it or, or how does that part of it work? And I'm sorry, I'm just nerding <laughs> out about the technical like engineering aspects of this right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, no, I got Absolutely. you on this one.
2: So um, Stephen, yeah, so that, what a great question. And so Andre and I, actually I have to give some, uh, some design credit to Andre for this. And let's, let me just take one step back. When I decided to bring the box back, right at grandmother's house, it was definitely, I was bringing the box back. I being Robert Ham, was bringing the box back. Okay. And so one thing that we learned through this campaign and designing the box camera, which directly relates to the question that you asked and the questions the backers are asking right now and other people was that we realized we were creating reference hardware for a new generation of photographer. And that new generation of photographer is the maker generation, the people that are creatives, that are savvy with 3D printing and design that generally have been stuck making WorldCraft characters (laughs) or other (laughs) interesting things that really want to do something more than make a figurine or make a vase, right? And so there are guys out there that are doing that. And so when we talk about that, three things actually happened. And the first thing was when we realized that our, our focus was not just to bring the box back. We realized that we were actually we're pioneering this reference hardware. We realized education was a big point, and we want to be that spot for everybody. And if we're going to bring the box back and we're going to create reference hardware, then we got to be better listeners. Mm. And so that's what happened. So through those conversations, Andre was like, "Rob, I, I get it. I love the idea of the the, the cartridges." So we were laughing about that, Andre. Remember? Mm-hmm. And but he's like, "the the viewing, the viewfinders, man. There's just something not right here." And so. It was at that moment that uh, I was telling him, "Hey, you no know, no no no, people if they're smart enough to shoot a box camera, come on Andre, they're going to be smart enough to just see the different viewfinder in their head. They'll just they don't need a bunch of lines, they can just deal without it. They can just <laughs> they can just imagine it." And he's like, "Rob, rob, rob, you're not listening." And we talked about it. Joe, you know, laughing, we Andre and I have a very open communication, which is really what makes this great. But then that led to the discovery. Wait a minute. If we're going to change out the lens, why not change out the glasses on the camera? Why not not make it so that we can actually put in a telephoto or a wide-angle lens cartridge and actually make the front lenses for the viewfinders changeable, adjustable? So when you buy the wide-angle or the telephoto, the proper corresponding lenses will come, and you'll just unscrew the little backing, take the older lens out, put it in this little case, put the new lens in. And so now you have a much more approximate version of what the cartridge is seeing in your viewfinder. How cool is that?
1: That's, that's very cool. So it sounds like just the way that you guys are trying to engineer this all is that it's meant to be incredibly easy to do. Like, um, I know some, some even, um, well, modern digital SLRs and even, you know, not that, that older, even older ones have interchangeable focusing screens and things, but you basically need to have like jewelers tools to get inside the thing and like, you know, change it out. So um, it sounds like that's not going to be the case here.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not at all. And what what that design kind of solves is is two things. A, when you're looking through those big, beautiful uh, ground glass viewfinders, which is an experience all to its own for people that Absolutely. haven't ever done that oh, yeah. uh, previously. But when you're looking through those, the last thing that we wanted to do uh, was to to you know clutter up that image with different frame lines for three different focal lengths. So being able yeah. to just pop off the front plate you know, unscrew or, or just pop off the, the little lenses that go in front of the viewfinders and then just stick it back on, being able to see it now a wider or a more, you know, close up image of, of what the camera is actually going to be seeing is definitely going to gonna help clean things up.
1: Nice. That sounds yeah. great. So, um, that kind of makes me, I'm just like wheels are turning, kind of thinking about like the, uh, there's a lot of things you guys have said that I like about the camera that I think for for so long you know the idea of a box camera was that kodak slogan you know you push the button we do the rest it was simple it was straightforward Mm -hmm. you didn't have to be you know somebody like william fox talbot or somebody who was like super proficient at like the time (laughs) but uh to use it um it was simple and um i think there's something that a lot of people shooting film like bill and i are both like in our early 30s we're not we we come up and like gone digital and back to film and like have seen yeah, things kind of change and get back into it and really fall in love with the process. And I think a lot of people who are kind of our age and younger are starting to want that simplicity um, of not having a bunch of, whether it's the settings of a DSLR or even the filters and everything that a phone does taking, but like being able to just go out and shoot and kind of turn off a part of your brain a little bit or not necessarily turn off, but not have to focus on all of those other things and just be able to go out and make something. So it sounds like you guys are by, I don't know that this is the picture I had by making it. So you have to make these choices before you're even going out and loading your film. You have to say, I'm going to shoot like you guys said with a wide angle lens today or in this setting, you've got to make that choice. And then that choice is set. There's something that really is beautiful about those limited options.
2: Yeah. And so speaking to that, people, um, people don't realize the growth that you go through when you have constraints Yes, also.
1: yes, absolutely.
2: Right. So there's. So first of all, a question we get a lot and that uh, Andre and I have been trying to put out there actually happens to do with focus. So people ask me, and um, some, of, some of them are genuinely asking, and sometimes people are a little bit more poignant, and they say, how can you actually focus this camera? There's no focusing wheel. This is impossible. You can't do this. And the reality is, that goes to show how far disconnected we are from the actual just everyday practicality of optics. It just shows you how advanced we are as a society that we completely overlook something like how a camera or how a lens would focus. And that may, that may be important or not important, but the, the reality of it is it's a skill that we've lost, right? And so focusing is accomplished here just really simply through apertures. People that have shot film – uh, or specifically film and people who have uh uh are more into digital that <laughs> that aren't just point and shooting that are actually <laughs> learning the craft will understand that you know hey when you stop down the lens it's comm- collimating light it's bringing things closer together it's getting darker obviously it's it's increasing the depth of field and you see we focus on that same principle so simplicity just like uh Kodak says push the button we do the rest um yeah we've got that uh, because it can be simple Set it to aperture at 22, which is what the camera is set up to be shot at. And pretty much everything from seven feet to infinity is going to be in focus or decently enough in focus that you would never you would never notice it. There's some pixel peepers out there that might argue near and far limit focus and hyper focal zones. But we're not getting into that for general purposes. That's where we are. But you see, that's cool because that means that you can choose an aperture. You can choose a field of view and then you can go. But for the savvy photographer, and this is where it gets really exciting. If you want to carry around, right, a measuring stick with you or uh, an electronic uh, laser tape, so to speak, use an f/8 man. You can f/8 on our camera has a depth of field in front of you. Um, well, the depth of field is about a foot, <laughs> you know, and it's in front of you. And I don't have my notes right here, but it's roughly six seven feet or something. Um,
1: yeah, I'm on see a, what it on is. A six by nine, that's got to be a pretty shallow <laughs> depth of field.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the depth of field is from seven feet to um, uh, to about nine feet. So it's a little bit more at F8. So um, anyway, and then the hyperfocal zone doesn't start until about 53 feet later. So that means that if you want to be precise with your focus, you can line your kid up, up against a tree, figure out that you're about seven and a half feet from the tree, your kid's going to be in pretty much good focus. And if you just set a background that is like um, the street behind you that doesn't have something directly up against your sun, like a fence or, or a wall, but there's just trees in and in a thicket of trees behind you, you're going to create a picture with the camera that is just blowing your mind because, um, because it looks – you've increased – you've got some really shallow depth of field now and you've got some bokeh in the background. And that's not something you would have seen on a box camera from grandmother's day, because oh, they man. weren't set up to do that. Yeah, and but you this lovely
3: picture that this lovely picture that Rob is painting uh, in the mind <laughs> of your viewers is not is not just a hypothetical. It's over on the the Kickstarter page. It's on our website. It's beautiful. Oh, come on, Andre.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let the man have his poetry. <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Um, so it's really really cool. So that you have all these different options, but there is one feature on there that you can't change. And that's the shutter speed. So uh, dive into that a little bit.
3: So one of the one of the reasons why we decided to to go with this shutter speed, uh, it wasn't going to be you know as fast as one two hundredth of a second initially. I think Rob, the initial design was for one one hundredth of a second. But the more yeah. we we started talking uh, about it together, and the the ways that we started thinking about how people were going to be using this camera, the more we realized that. Because we already had the option, given the the lenses that we're using, to have a maximum aperture of f 5.6 and everything in between, that we could have, and also using you know modern uh, emulsions, that we we could go with something faster. And what that allowed was for for two different things: um, a something fast enough to be used for street photography, which is what I mainly shoot, but also fast enough for uh, to kind of capture those those family moments that something like the box camera was always there to do. Uh, if Rob's going to go out with his kids to a local park and they're running all over the place, uh, we want to be able for for people to be able to capture that without a huge amount of motion blur that you'd get at one thirtieth oh, yeah. of a second with all the the old box cameras.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's great being a dad, by the way. So <laughs> it's it's awesome to have have great models that have to do what I tell them to and have to look smiley when I want them to look smiley. Like that picture about Ira by the tree, he was... Uh, like, Just so you know, it took forever to set up, and the sun was going down. I even had to turn my car lights on, and just to get the EV up, I had a, a, you know, an exposure meter out that was going on. Actually, it was an app on my phone, and I'm like, oh my god. And it just took forever to get, and at the time, I didn't have a window in the back for the camera, so I didn't know what film I was on. I was clicking and clicking, and just to make sure, That's I would get funny. it trying different apertures to see. <laughs> it's part of the film testing, you know. So it was a very, um, it was a very tedious time. It took about thirty minutes for that shot, but man, didn't it come out fun?
1: Oh yeah, I'm, and, looking, uh, I'm looking at yeah. it right now on your Kickstarter and. uh Hey, you're yeah. welcome.
2: <laughs> how, cool, how cool is that? Um, th- let me just say something about this. I was actually talking with a gentleman uh, the other, uh, earlier today named Mike Gutterman. Man, I really like that guy. He does a little podcast, but I had a, a chance to talk to him today. And he said, uh, he said something on his show the other day that was really interesting. And this is something that people forget about film. You guys will get it right away. I want to make sure the listeners get it too that may not understand 6 by 9 um, there's so much detail in that negative. You could have a, a really crappy lens and it would still turn out enough that was good. But we didn't go with a really crappy lens. We didn't go with some plastic lens for twenty five cents. You know, we've gone with a single element, meniscus lens that's really big. We're we're up to uh twenty-four millimeters. And actually we've got several different lenses in there that all have a ninety five millimeter focal length just uh, to meet demand but they all provide the same field of view and the same uh, aperture ratings um and so we went good with the lens and what people forget about these old box cameras because time ages negative and ages film and it it puts you know little imperfections on the glass and you get mold that comes on them these cameras took great photos not just for their day their original cameras the original box cameras your grandmothers it didn't just take a good photo back then it took a good photo period the only thing that has changed about it is time. And so with today's modern production and industrialization methods and everything, we can get great images out of this camera. <laughs> it's really quite interesting.
1: No, I think is, uh, you know, like you said, that we, uh, Bill and I, definitely like to uh, nerd about about uh, a lot of the uh, the quality specifics of film <laughs> and everything. And I'm sure everybody <laughs> listening to us or regular listeners have have. I don't know. Hopefully they haven't gotten tired of us nerding out about this stuff yet. they're still listening to us. But, um, sure, sure. the, um, I think as like, cause I'm, I'm a professional. I like photography is what I do full time and it's film is a huge part of what I shoot. And it's so just refreshing. And I, I appreciate it so much to see a company like what you guys are doing that is doing something, making a new camera for film photography and wanting it to be good and putting quality into it and not just being like, hey, we can make like a Holga copy and we can make a cheap plastic lens that, and not to bash Holgas because they are beautiful in their own right, but that you guys yep. actually want it to be, no, these, like you said, these cameras have been and can be fantastic and sharp and something that's actually like a, a quality tool, not just a gimmick. And what I find really interesting too with this is that... Um
0: Right now, it's just testing with you guys, right? The second that you yeah. put it into the hands of creators, and then really, really testing out, you know, what people can do with it—that's oh, yeah, the most yeah. exciting thing. Like, I, I can't imagine what you guys are going to be seeing on, you know, showing up on Instagram when they're hashtagging you guys, going, "This is what I took with this camera." And You go, "Oh my god, I didn't even think I could do that—that uh, that it could be done with this camera." Um, so it's going to be <laughs> yeah. really exciting, honestly, to see what is going to be coming down the line after you get this, uh, out. So, um, going into, uh, the production process of it and everything. So now that you've hit your goals and everything like that, um, talk about, uh, do you have any stretch goals, um, that you want to kind of put into this camera that you, said, so, you know, well, we, we would love to do this if we reach the funding. And now at this point, it's pretty much all icing on the cake for you guys.
1: Yeah, because when we're recording this today, you still have 20 days left to go in your campaign. So, and you're, <laughs> yeah. geez, you're about yeah, $10,000 over your initial goal.
2: So the idea at the beginning was, was, what do we need in order to make 100 cameras? You know, like, like if we had, what do we need to make 100 cameras and just get this out into the world and, and become viable? And so that's what we structured everything for. We did definitely hope for under, overfunding, you know, but we also wanted to make sure that if our our idea wasn't as popular as as Andre and I thought it would be, that um, we would still have an attainable goal, you know, that that uh, that we could reach and then make a hundred. pretty much simple. And so that's what we tailored the campaign towards. And then uh, we we did come across some pricing things going into it. Uh, we uh, we actually. Um, because of some of our print and production processes, which Andre is going to talk about, we have chosen to go with a, a very high-quality 3D printing. And he's going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, uh, that costs more. So we, at every opportunity with this camera to save money, we chose not to. Originally, we wanted to introduce the camera at uh, $69 or, fi- or $60, bucks, um, 59 dollars 99 We thought that would be it for a limited number of backers. But we actually had to increase the price to seventy nine because we chose to go with a method that would be durable and long lasting, and not give you the traditional three D printing. Come on, Stephen, you, you geek out over that stuff. You guys, if you've ever seen people's little knickknacks with three D printers, good lord, you mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't have something that looked childish. That you looked know? like we want to have bright colors that are fun. Yeah, but, but you don't want to have haven't... that
1: weird, like layered effect of everything. You know that it's like uh, all rough and yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. We want to work with the material. So Andre and I, uh, we, we picked that up to, uh, to go that way.
3: So the one of the, the things that I think is inspiring a lot of confidence from our backers is the fact that we put in all the legwork of the actual designs months ago. Uh, as you can see, all the, the cameras that we're showing on the, the website, on the Kickstarter page, and as you see the test images, they're completely working prototypes uh cameras that work 100%. And so the purpose of the, the Kickstarter was actually to fund the the production uh, run for the actual rewards to be shipped out to backers and to also function as our production line uh, for the long term. And so the, the 3D printing process that we're going to be using for the final retail cameras is what's called an SLA printing process and what that does is essentially it shines a laser into a a bath of resin that hardens it and what that essentially does is it creates a a a 3d printed object that doesn't have the like you guys were saying that that rough sort of uh, lined texture and on top of that uh, we have a 10-step finishing and, and weathering process which deposits you know a a bunch of layers of of material on the outside which we then sand and and weather away in certain spots to almost imitate the the look and the feel of wood grain and also results in that really nice weathered look where uh, with the 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 weathered series that we have in the blue red and yellow colors in certain areas where that weathering process has occurred, you can actually see some of the, the white and and black underneath layers, which actually adds a really, really unique look. And I think of all of the, the series, the base black box edition, the weathered series and the, the top of the line vintage series with uh, the leatherette has actually been our most popular uh, model in terms of just interest and excitement. They're
1: definitely some good looking cameras. Like uh, I, uh, keep eyeballing that, uh, that library brown one for myself. It's, uh, uh, yeah, so
2: that's book brown. So let's talk about the colors in that process. So um, the SLA process, like uh, Andre was talking about, that's actually uh, for our durable parts, the parts that have to survive 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 actuations. And so we're talking about things like the, the shutter, the knobs, and stuff like that. But interestingly enough, part of our spots for, like, the weathered series which is, uh, they're like the really red, that's the really red, the something yellow, and the warm blue. Those right there will have some FDM printed elements. And what we're doing in order to get that unique striation, you guys said they're beautiful, is we're actually formatting the print process of those to work with our finishing techniques. And the finishing is actually polishing with um, actually an, a, a glass polish. That's uh, got like 3,200-grit fine glass polish. It's a paste. Wow. As well as sanding starting out at, uh, you know, 120, 600, 800, and 3,200 is the finish. And we do that in between a layer of primer uh, under each one, which is a complementary color. And, oh, by the way, uh, this was something that Andre and I really enjoyed figuring out was what is the base color of these units? So obviously the black box edition is black, right? And it still has a finishing process, so you're not just touching black plastic, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, the other series actually have a base that is a, a complementary color so that as we build up these tin layers specifically with the weathered series and for the, the flat panel parts that don't before the leather inlay the leatherette inlay on our vintage series, these, uh, if they were to be scratched, then they would wear in such a way that they looked like they were wearing like old wood or possibly leather. Because it wouldn't just be a gash or a scratch on just a flat surface; it would be something that would reveal uh, ten different layers of, of paint, polish, and finish. And so that gives them these really unique looks. The weathered series was uh, was templated that way for these techniques, so that it worked with that FDM process, uh, so that we could we could harness that particular characteristic. But by polishing it and sanding it, we get rid of the ridges and only leave the ridges there in such a way as a design element. You know what I mean? So we polish them down so much. It's nice and smooth, and people almost think it's wood about eight out of ten times when they hold it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just because how it feels. Yeah. And then the uh, the vintage series. Hey, let's talk about the fun. The vintage series has that ten-step process and all the uh, uh, as the base coat to it, and then we're using – uh, let's use some uh, marketing slang: vegan leatherette, right? The reality, right? The reality is, we're just using something that's not gonna um, that's not going to be bubbling up and and breaking and corroding over time. You know, we really do want and expect that the camera could last, well, will last twenty years, and so we don't want leather to be popping off, you know, and breaking. So we are using a PVC leather. However, it's a really high grade. It's a fourteen ply leather process with an animal grain. So. Uh, it's also eco-friendly towards animals. It's animal conscious in that way. And um, it's all of it – actually, it's not PVC. I said that a second ago. It's a type of um, same kind of base material from corn like PLA would be. So it's a bio-organic disposable kind of uh, kind of material, which is cool. Once again, it actually costs as much as leather. So why use it? It's for the durability and the long-term use more than anything else. Very cool. And yeah, yeah. And when you – when you have that set into the uh de- you know recess parts you've got some of the um, the uh, the actual camera showing through you get these gold highlights on like the book brown one that you said you like that's because we're polishing that plastic to a high gloss right so we're finishing the entire thing with that 10 step process and then we're weathering it like we do with the weathered series and then we're polishing all of the highlights, the parts that stand out. So you get a high gloss on those particular areas. And then we're inlaying with that vegan leatherette. Ooh. Awesome. So it's really, really quite cool. It's something to look at. I got to tell you.
0: Cool. So uh, you guys are putting a lot of love and care into this. Um, so give us the price breakdown on on each one of these um,
3: from from the base model all the way on up. So the base, uh, one thing that we really wanted to, to make sure of from the very beginning was that people weren't going to be paying uh, more for a quote unquote better camera. We didn't want people to be receiving, you know, different lenses, uh, you know, different amounts of, of apertures on the aperture sticks. We really wanted to make sure that the the box was as good as it could be for everybody. And then people could decide what sort of external finish and what colors they wanted. So the base uh what we're calling the black box edition is gonna be $79. Uh, the weathered series is 119 and the vintage series is 169
0: wow that that's actually priced quite nicely i mean you can get into a camera that shoots 6 by 9 for less than $100
1: and that is brand new that yes. is not like just uh, yeah. something that you are taking a chance on on ebay or something like that so sure
2: and and there's something fun about that too just to let you guys know for anybody that's out there on the fence about new box 1 the actual name of the launch model is new box one because it's the new box camera and it's our very first production model however the model the series number is actually the new box 120 so right now people that are choosing to back the box can get in on the new box one at the new box one backer price for whatever it is and they're all about 20 dollars less expensive than what they will be once the campaign's over and regular retail partnerships are set out so we are looking we actually have a couple of different uh Uh, inquiries right now for uh, specific orders so for like retail partners a couple people in uh, one person in Italy one person in China with uh, physical shops another person over in Germany that we're talking about right now and those aren't anything on a large scale but uh, they'll be priced roughly $20 higher uh, once the campaign actually ends and the reason is quite simple Uh, (laughs) like you said this hand finishing process and everything like that is um takes a lot of time and it's being done by myself right now for this, but the production will require, you know, hiring some independent contractors to do that work with me under my supervision here in Virginia beach. And, uh, that's great for us to get off the ground with. Now that's great as a thank you to our backers. It's great for everybody to know, but as the new box continues, uh, it will most likely see an increase in price of roughly 20 bucks.
1: I mean, that makes sense. And that's, that's the advantage of getting in on it now as a backer.
2: So, uh, and that's and you'll never get the new box one again. It'll all be the next ones will be one twenty. There you Set go. Say new box one
1: twenty. <laughs> well, uh, you heard it here. Okay, so by the time this goes up, you'll have about uh, uh, fifteen days left. Fifteen days, yeah, roughly to to get in days, on this. Right. I just wanted to ask for any of either of you to answer. Um, what do you, you know, just all of the technical, all of the fantastic, which sounds like a lot of care going into the process of making these aside. What do you hope somebody gets out of shooting one of these cameras?
3: Uh, one of the things that, that I definitely hope that, that people get out of shooting it is that it's not just a, a camera. What we've been trying to do from the very beginning is to cultivate a sense of community. And I myself am, you know am a product of that community way back several months ago on Robert's YouTube channel when he was just talking about the idea of it. The way that I got started with Ham Camera Company was by, you know, asking a bunch of questions in the comments section on YouTube and engaging with Rob uh, about the camera because I was a member of the, the film photography community that was interested in what he was doing. And so if there's anything that the, that the new box and Ham Camera Company uh, as an organization can, can do, I hope it's to, to cultivate that sense of community. Based on you know the the camera as an entry point, and what we're trying to, to do uh, right now during the Kickstarter campaign is to really sort of empower our backers to you know share their backing status. Uh, we're we're constantly repeating that you know they are the ones who brought the box back. They should be proud of that, and that they should Absolutely. you know sort of sing that to the world because it's it's them that got us to the point that we're at. Um, I'm at where I am right now because I sort of chose as a member of the community to involve myself in this project. And that's what we want for all of our backers and all the people in the future who will be intrigued by the camera for, for the camera's sake, but really fall in love with, uh, with the entire community that we represent.
2: Yeah. And Steven, I'm going to pick up and piggyback off of that. And first of all, I'm so excited, Andre, that you jumped in on board with this, with us. Uh, We love you for that.
1: Yeah. That's, that's an awesome um, story. How you guys kind of got connected.
2: It really is. If you go back, you guys can actually see it all happen in the comments, except for a couple emails and then boom. But for me, I'm going to take the selfish route. I'm going to tell you what I want the backer, of the new box to get. They don't get anything. They need to get a picture of their grandmother. Period. That's awesome. That's it. That's fantastic.
0: I love
1: that. Awesome.
0: Well, uh, guys, how do we find you guys? Uh, I know you have the Kickstarter. We can find you on Kickstarter, but after the, if somebody's listening to this after the Kickstarter, how do we find you? And, um, uh what's your social media stuff
2: yeah well you can find us anywhere at the boxes back and hamcamera.com that's pretty simple if you're interested in andre's stuff he's got some cool stuff with timeless streets man he's a really cool street shooter especially with that leica he's got over there oh <laughs> you know Leica can be on my side <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm one of those i'm one of those unfortunately. <laughs> why don't you tell him how to find you andre
3: yeah, my my uh not very oftenly updated website is Timelessstreets.com and then on Instagram I'm just a Dominguez sixty four. Uh but right now it's it's all you know working with the with ham camera company in the new box. So make sure to to head on over there before before checking out my stuff.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations to you guys for getting funded. Uh it is not an easy feat from what I've seen. Um, I've I've seen some great ideas that just you know run short and and but this is not the case with you guys and I'm really excited to see this go retail. Uh, I will be uh, putting Excellent. in backing one myself because I think this is an actual. <laughs> A good project that you guys are doing. I'm really excited to test out uh,
1: a new Um, film camera. Hey, there you go, man. That's (laughs) yeah, yeah. We keep we keep talking and running into that theme this uh, over the last year or so. You know, less than you know, new film cameras are coming (laughs) to market. So I think people are starting to pay attention.
0: We dig it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join us on uh, this special edition of uh, Studio C41. So thanks again, guys. Cool, man. Thanks, thanks guys, for so having much. us. It was really great talking with you.
3: Bye. Say Bye. hi to Michael for us. Sure We will. will.